the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. Are you at the restaurant right now? Are you working at the moment? I, I am. I'm, uh, I'm working at one of the restaurants, yeah. Which one? Go ahead. Give it a plug. I'm, uh, I'm at Marie's Italian Specialties in Chatham, New Jersey. Um, and I'm getting ready. We're launching a Chipino. It's a long story, but uh, we're doing a Chipino. Chipino is one of my favorite dishes in San Francisco. And I just can't get a good one, so I'm just going to make it myself. What is a Chipino? Chipino is a weird mixture of an Italian seafood stew and a Basque seafood stew. And uh, it's based in a red tomato sauce with a little bit of saffron and white wine. And it has crabs in it and mussels and clams and scallops and shrimp. It's really good. And we make it in a wow. big pot. It's, yeah, so it's not, good. it's in a pot, it's a stew, not like a paella. It's, it's, it's like a paella if someone stole the rice. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So when when you serve it, when you serve a chipino, you serve it in a bowl? We, well, I serve them right in the pot, right in the pot that I cook it in just to keep it warm. I don't like to transfer seafood once I cook it um, like that, like a lot of seafood together. Um, so I'll just give you the whole bowl and then you can do it yourself. And just you lose a lot of temperature. You know, with seafood, you can't heat it up like a soup uh, because all the seafood will get tough. You know, so, so, you know, you can only go to about 150 degrees as opposed to a soup where you can get close to 200, you know. So, I mean, it's really inside baseball. But if you heat up, you know, seafood too much, uh, everything tends to seize. Seafood seizes. It doesn't get more tender. It gets tougher. I didn't so, know uh, that. I, I had yeah. no idea. And, that, and here's a little tip for everyone that's listening. If you ever go to a, uh, if you ever go to a, a place and order seafood and you want to take it home, and you want to heat it up the next day. There's, I do this with all food, but especially seafood. Like, say you get a paella, right, Mike? You yeah. open up a, a freezer bag. You put the, pa- the, the paella leftovers in there. You seal it up good. And when you want to eat it again, you warm up uh, a pot of water. And you put the freezer bag in there. And, it's, and it warms up the paella without cooking it again. And then it'll be perfect, just like it was at the restaurant. And that's so what you do don't microwave it. No, microwaves are the microwaves are bad with seafood because remember microwaves they heat from the inside out, right? So, so the middle of a scallop, the middle of a shrimp is getting annihilated before you know for to make the surface temperature high. It's really dangerous. It's a no-no for seafood. Wow, I never thought how much science is actually involved in cooking. And there are optimal temperatures. There are things you should and shouldn't do. I, I, you know, we crutch on microwaves because they're so easy. But, you know, right. it wouldn't take that much longer to boil a pot of water. Is that why all kitchens have that giant, giant uh, pan or that giant pot of water always kind of steaming there off in the back on the, on the stove? Right. Well, what we see in, in, in professional kitchens, that boiling pot of water is like uh, the eraser on a number two pencil, right? So say you're, so- you're cooking and your sauce gets too thick. You go to that, you get a little ladle, you get from that boiling pot of water and you add it and now your sauce is okay. Say your butter sauce breaks or your hollandaise, you go get a little bit of water, touch of vinegar, your hollandaise is back in business. 
so that thing is constantly going for us because you know it keeps everything uh it keeps everything on the up and up and it keeps everybody in the kitchen exfoliated too but uh it's uh, <laughs> we, you know it's something that we use and it, you know it's for, you know it's one of the best things in the world and that explains your youthful look <laughs> your, yeah your yeah. boyish skin <laughs> yes if you compare me to Keith Richards <laughs> of course, and every Keith Richards is the baseline for all these comparisons. For chefs, right? We compare ourselves to Keith Richards. We're fine, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, we're talking to Carl Ruiz. You can uh, he, right now. You can find him at the restaurant. He's he's prepping for tonight with uh, making a chipino, as I've just learned, at Marie's Italian Specialties in Chatham, New Jersey. You know, it's a nice. That's a nice area of New Jersey. That's a that's a some high dollar traffic in and out of that place. I would hope. I love it. I call it the other side of the finish line. You know, everybody <laughs> here, everybody here made it. You know, that's good. So, uh, that's good. Well, you know, and, I, and, I, I saw an accident in the mall the other day. It was three Range Rovers crashed into each other. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it before. And, and, they, and the women came out of each range over, and they couldn't have been nicer and happier. They, I think they all went for coffee. It's a great place to live. That is so funny. Three Range Rovers in an accident. Nobody got mad. They all went for co- They probably went for Chablis or something. Somewhere. If I went for Chablis, I couldn't make. I couldn't tell the difference between they were all wearing yoga pants and Uggs and hugging and laughing, and it's just a beautiful sight. Well, that that is Chatham, New Jersey. Well, at, at Chef as. As we get ready for the weekend, a lot of people are going to be grilling. Um, I, I've opened up the phone lines in case anybody wants to sure. call in and, and grill you and ask a question. But I have questions that people sent in and because uh, not everybody could get out of work. Uh, and they talk about dumb mistakes. And you've, the, I already gave everybody the one that you always talk about. And, and that is letting your meat get to room temperature. And right. I, I never realized just how important it was, but uh, you said it does two things t- to uh, to the the process. It, it it makes it tough to get an even cook, but it also changes the the actual fire, especially if you're using coals. Oh, absolutely! I mean, if you put anything that's you know out of a refrigerator, which is usually about thirty eight to forty degrees, and you put that on a grill. Um, you're actually not cooking, you're cooling down the grill. So uh, when you cool down a grill, people say, oh, why? Why is my piece of fish stuck? Or why is my hamburger stuck? It's because it's very cold. So when things don't stick on something, it's because it's so hot that the protein is actually skipping on the grates. That, you know, it's actually microscopic. If you put a little camera there, you would see it skipping on the grates, and that's what makes it nonstick. Cecil's on the phone from Dallas, and yeah. uh, he's got a question about ribs, and, and I think um, I think you, as a as a barbecue guy, have some skill in this area. Cecil, welcome yeah. to the show. Uh, the question is uh, on uh, uh, grilling ribs. Um, uh, uh, some folks uh, put them in the oven, uh, first uh, for a while, and then put them on the grill, and then add the you know the uh, the sauces and stuff. I, and some just sort of go straight to the grill. So my question right. is, what does he feel like? What does the chef feel like? It's the best way to 
Get a nice right. rib, not All not right, a not a fall off the meat rib, not a fall off the meat rib. I don't like I like them a little. All right, hang, I'm, hang I'm, on. I'm with you. I'm I'm with you, and I'm, and, and uh, I know how Texas eats ribs, and they're not going to eat them like they're you know in a hospital. They're gonna they're gonna have some, they're gonna have some bite <laughs> yeah. to them. So I understand. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. My I like to do everything on the grill, but let's be realistic. Ribs, uh, just the way they're shaped. Uh, it, it really ties up the grill. You know what I mean? So Man. what I like to do is um, I like to commit only half of my grill to cooking and the other half for holding or warming something. So I always look at a grill, I look at it in half. And if you take any home grill and you look at it in half, chances are you can't fit a rack of ribs, right? So yeah. I like to do them in the oven first, um, then get my, my left or right side of the grill, whichever one you like to use, get it nice and hot. And just use the grill to mark them. I really, you know, I think uh, I think if you're using really good lump coal, uh, you'll get that nice little smoky flavor. Um, yes. If you're barbecuing, that's a whole other thing. Then we'll put it in the smoker. But that's, uh, you know, that's wearing overalls and drinking beers and watching sports for 10 hours until they're done. But, <laughs> but if you're going to grill, you know, if you're going to grill, I like to do them in the oven because uh, people don't mind coming to your house and watching you grill for an hour. Uh, but nobody wants to be there for six, you know, to get yeah. one rib. So well, uh, yep. I don't want yep. them there for six, Carl. That's my, <laughs> exactly. my point, too. <laughs> you don't want my Cuban family there. All your phone chargers will be missing in an hour. That's so true. That's true. Uh, you want to get the people yeah. in and out. But thank so, you, Cecil. Uh, yeah. Give it, give, give it a shot it. with that. They will do. Thank you. Thank you. You know, Carl, you brought up a question that, that I was going to ask you how much because I worry about dissipation of heat and how right. much of the grill do you do you save space? Do you put zones on there for like direct heat, indirect heat, and do you how much of the grill surface do you cover? Well, you should only cook on half of your grill. All right, that is the number the number one mistake people make is they look and they have a forty eight inch grill, they spread out. They spread out all their hot dogs and hamburgers across it just to see the sheer majesty of their <laughs> recent Home Depot purchase. You know what I mean? But yeah. what you're doing is you're really tying yourself up, right? You're, you, you've, you've gone from, a, from a, a very sophisticated piece of equipment. You've turned it into a light switch where it's either on or off, <laughs> right? And that's, and that's bad. So you want one side to be piping hot and then... With the knobs, you move it down. We're talking about propane or anything like that. You know, you move them down until the last one is off. So think about it as stairs or a slope, uh, and it's headed towards zero heat. Because whenever you cook burgers, like when I have a barbecue, you know, I have people that ask me for stuff. I want one all the way done. I want one medium rare. And if your grill is completely on, you can't accommodate anyone, number one. Number two, all your stuff's going to cook at the same time. And guess what? Chicken, hot dogs, beef, nothing cooks at the same time. If they're not friends on the farm, they're not going to be friends on the grills. So, you know, you have to keep everything, you know, at a different temperatures. And, and uh, if you follow that rule, you'll be very successful in grilling. And you'll never burn anything because you'll have a place to land. In, in restaurants, we call it having a landing zone. I you like know, that. oh, my God, that fish is almost going to that, – that fish is almost over. So then you, you put it on the cold side and then you land the fish. You know, you right. keep it from, from overcooking. 
I've got like 90 seconds left. Let me give you the uh, the, the lightning round here. Uh, Kelly asked uh, the question about resting meat. Do you have to rest meat before you cut it? Absolutely. It's very, very, very important. And I'll, I'll give you the quick science of it. When you grill something, you push. Um, the way a muscle works is it tightens up. So all the blood in it, the muscle the heat makes the muscle contract and it moves all the blood into the center of the protein. We call that in restaurants, the bullseye. So if you cut it, when that bullseye is in effect, um, your meat will look gray on the outside and then red on the middle. Right. And that's awful. So you got to let it rest about 10 minutes and then you slice it and you'll see the red go all the way to the edges. You know, you, you bring it back to life. You let the blood blood settle. I like it. And, and the, do we clean the grill? Are we supposed to scrub that grill or does it season like a cast iron pan? I've got about 30 here. Seasoning, schmeasoning, clean the grill. Let's not be crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, season it. I mean, your, your Bubba, your Bubba burgers don't need seasoning. They need salt. You know what I mean? So clean your grill. Keep it clean. You, uh, get a rag with oil. Always oil it with vegetable oil and you'll be all set. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.